0: Welcome to C3 Church Tubra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life.
1: It's been so wonderful. You know this month, this subject, the anointing—it's just so beautiful. Um, who's felt, you know, the the presence of God in these services? Who's been feeling that? Yeah. Look, we've been getting so many reports back. Last Sunday night, you know, um, Mel shared her testimony. Who was here for that? I mean, that to me, that was like a very special. Very special moment, and you know, the scriptures say in Psalm one hundred and seven, verse two, it says, "Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story." In Revelations, it says, "And they overcame him, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony." And many times, you know, we go to church, we go to church, we hear the preaching of the word but we never really hear what's happening to the people and there's so many stories that are just sitting in the congregation so many stories that we need to be told you know i come from an um, aboriginal heritage and the stories get passed down through the generations so that no one forgets the stories they're always telling the stories they write the stories on the walls they paint them on the walls in other cultures And I think it's really important that in our culture here that we continue to tell the stories. Who loves people's stories? You know, one of the great things about our church is that we really dignify every life and every story. Who loves seeing Cam up there tonight on worship team? Good job, Cam. Good job. I love that. God loves everything. God loves everyone. And, you know, we have to get away from this thing in church that there are certain people types that can only do certain jobs. You know, it's only the pretty and the glamorous and all that that can, no, come on. God is into people. And we have to give that message that God is into all kinds of people, all types of people, and that God is interested in stories. I love stories. You love stories. And I think it's important to tell them. Tonight, I want to interview a couple of girls and then I'm going to just share the word with you a little bit. And I pray that you get blessed. So, first of all, Heidi, you can come up and I'm going to share with you. That's great. Thanks, guys. Heidi's shaking. She's like, oh, I'm not a public speaker. None of us are, really. Can I have this up here, please? <laughs> that up here. Thanks. Oh, comfy? No. Well, you know what, Heidi? Do you want to know something? Okay, I'm going to let you on a little secret here. I shake in my boots every time I have to get up here. And that's no word of a lie. All afternoon, I've been like sitting on my bed, reading the Word, just going, Oh no, any minute I have to go there and face all them people. But you know, you just get up here and it's the anointing. And that's what we're talking about. It's the anointing. Because you have a microphone that would really help matters. Yep. Now, this is what I love. People send us messages via Facebook or You know, they send us text messages, and it's just like we read them, and I read it to Phil, and we cry over it, and we go, that's awesome. But you guys need to hear these stories, don't you? And Heidi sent us this, and I just want to ask her about it quickly. Hi, Pastor Julia, I just wanted to send you a message to say, in capital letters, thank you. She says, I feel spiritually alive again. I love how you and Pastor Phil are so led by the Spirit. Your joy, enthusiasm, and love is contagious. And she was saying how she's just, the whole seven of her family are so happy to be in this church. What is it, Heidi, like, you know? You you came here before for a little while, and then you just longed to be with your friends. And so you said, okay, I'm just going to choose friends you know, maybe I should have chosen God first, but I wanted to go where friends were. And so you went to another church for social reasons and, you know, had a bit of a stint there. But then you decided to come back and bring your whole family back. And what did it feel like when you walked through those doors? What did it feel like to make that decision?
2: We sort of felt like we were home again Just alive. turn her up, please. Um, when I left before, it was... I was searching for something that wasn't there
1: yeah.
2: and when I got back here it was God just showed me over and over again in that first service this is where we belong yeah. um, my kids have all got friends in other churches here they haven't made many yet but they're all happy anyway
1: yeah.
2: um, my eldest son loves being in the service at night time he doesn't want to go to youth, he wants to be here because he can feel the presence he said it makes him happy to be here so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And Matt and I are just ecstatic. Heidi, I saw the change in you from last time when you were here. I mean, basically, yeah, well, you know, you were, you were a mum and all that kind of stuff. But you see, the thing is we can choose friends and we can go somewhere because of friends, because of social reasons or whatever. But at the end of the day... If we don't go somewhere because of God, see, you can come to this church because you like the clothes I wear, but that's not going to get you anywhere. You have to go somewhere because of God, because of the anointing. It's not because of the personalities. I mean, we were talking about just the other day about the great cathedral church. What's it called that? The Crystal Cathedral. I mean, that church, I think, well, how much did you say their budget was a month? You tell me. $20 million a month budget. Huge church, I mean, famous, you know, right across the world. because it was, But it was run by one man. And when that man got too old and doddery to run it anymore, he tried to put his son in place. No one wanted to go there. It's now been sold to the Catholic Church, and it's just... Zzzz. Because church should never be built on personality or on, you know, the reason we go to church is because of friends or the reason I go to church. Is because, yeah, all those things are great. Certainly we've got to have personality. Certainly we've got to have friends. But we, go to the, we, we want you to come to this church because of the anointing. We want you to come to this church to meet God, to meet with God. You can have friends six days a week. You can have social time six days a week, but come and meet God here. Come expecting to meet God. Come expecting for God to change your life. And is that what's been, have you said, I feel spiritually alive again? What does it feel like inside? Like, I want to read the Bible
2: again. Yeah. I want to give my time. I want to be part of everything.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, and Sunday night, we sort of start talking about next Sunday already.
1: Yeah, you said that in that message, and I didn't yeah. put that in. You said, you know, at the end of Sunday night, I can't wait for the next Sunday. Like, I'm just going, like, when's it going to be Sunday again? And, and what I'm about confident. Matt? He's happy to be back. Yes. He didn't want to go in the first place. But he said to you, wife, I want you to be happy. And you knew she'd work it out, Matt, didn't you? You knew she'd work it out eventually. We all do, us women. We go around in circles and we come back and say, so good to have you here. It's so good to have you in this church. Get to know Heidi. Get to know Matt. Get to know the kids. There's seven of them in total. I mean, five kids and mum and dad. But they're an amazing family, and it's just so beautiful to know that Heidi's life, Matt's life, and their kids' life are being changed by God. Amen? That's beautiful, darling. Thank you. Help her down, please, gentlemen. That's beautiful. Now, I'm going to teach these gentlemen how to be gentlemen. I know Ollie's field's really good at it. Ollie, we need to have a class, wherever you are, in gentlemanness. helping ladies down. Denise come up and join me. This is Denise everybody. Now give Denise a clap like you really think she's awesome. Denise about 6 weeks ago you walked through those doors. Yes. Didn't you? Yeah. And uh, that was a that was a pretty major decision for you to walk through those doors. I mean from what I'm, you know, reading about you and what you're telling me, um, you've been going through some pretty challenging times and it took you a long time to decide to walk through those doors. You know, you, you used to go to a Baptist church when you were a child and raised as a Baptist church and, you know, got involved with a group there of kids and it was great, but then things started to go awry. Is that right? And you felt like, things were just a miss in your life you know it, yeah. when we, we when we have sort of expectations of a place because of our childhood experiences or what we need you know we can just get really disappointed can't we yeah definitely you know when you, you, yeah. you've got that part in you that you, it's crying out for attention inside and you get it in the wrong way or you get it you know maybe not in the right way and then it can really mess you up and so
0: yeah. Um, I think I was basically people-fearing rather than God-fearing, so I was always trying to get approval. Um, I was led astray and I was in relationships, uh, one for seven years with somebody that didn't even believe in Christ. So um, I think that kind of took me off track a yeah. lot, um, whereas I never thought it would. Yeah. And then 13 years later, here I am getting back into church. So
1: You went yeah. through a time first where you were like doing, doing a bit of drugs, a bit of partying, a bit yeah. out there which led to a little bit of OCD, a bit of anxiety, depression. I mean, really, you know, there's a spiraling down when, when God is calling us and we're running the other way, there's a spiraling down that happens in our lives. And we can't make sense of our lives. We just can't make sense of our lives until we place God at the centre. Yes. He's like our anchor, isn't he? He's the, he's the very thing that, that anchors us in and makes sense. Even our minds can't cope with life without God because God brings peace to our minds so you you were saying to me that you just were driving past this place for a, <laughs> a year and a half yeah a year and a half she kept driving past thinking I need to go in those gates I need to go in those gates but I don't have the guts or is that what it was
0: I, yeah I don't know I, I just um I, was, I just saw this tent like a circus tent and then a building that looked like it was from Twister or something and I thought this is I'm intrigued by it. I really want to go in and made excuses every week for a year and a half. I can't believe I had enough in my head <laughs> to make the, up. looks but... like it's
1: from Twister. Yeah. You're in the movie Twister. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Just,
0: yeah. And then I came in and I've never felt so welcome. It actually is
1: hurricane proof. But anyway.
0: <laughs> so then not an excuse to not come to not church. Not an excuse. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: so the day that you actually drove in, I mean, that must have taken a lot of courage because you'd been out of church 13 years. I mean, that's a long time to be out of church and to be getting confused and mixed up and going through all that you went through. Yeah, um, I think like,
0: uh, sorry, I'm losing my track.
1: Yeah, the, when you first, when you came in here, you drove in, it must have been a big decision for you to just drive in. and.
0: It was, but then as soon as I got to the door, the rest, you know, I forgot, I wasn't nervous. Um, everyone was so welcoming and it, it felt like coming home. It's so tidy, it just... You know, it felt like I should have come here 13 years ago and um, it made everything up till today, it made me happy that it had happened because that's where I am now, if yeah. that makes sense, yeah. you know? Like yeah. it just made everything worthwhile, the good and the bad, because now I'm here, so. You made it. Yeah. You made
1: it. Yeah. And so six weeks ago you came through the doors, you know, you sat, you sat in a couple of services first, didn't you? Yes. Before you came down the front and then yeah. finally, you know. I think there was a few people praying for you, and yeah. there was girls getting around you. I know Bree yes, Bree's was been kind amazing. to you, and Kay. <laughs> Who else was kind to you, Maria? Maria and Mandy,
0: Mandy. Kay, yeah. You know,
1: I, I, the first girl, the first day that Denise came, I'm sort of, you know, I'm like the mom, and I'm running around <laughs> like, who's gonna go in? talk to this girl. I hope someone's talking to her. I'm trying to find her. Where is that girl? I hope she hasn't gone home already. Is someone talking to her? And I couldn't find her because she was at the back couches with a nice cup of tea surrounded by women yeah. and I couldn't get near her. Yeah. And she's yeah. laughing and talking and I went... <laughs> Okay, well you just don't need me, do you? And I was so happy that they didn't need me.
0: So twenty-four hours later I was sitting in Bree's house yeah. with all these randoms having a great time at Bible study and yeah, it's all them, believe me.
1: Twenty-four guess. hours later, she's in a connect group. <laughs> yeah. And she's going this is like awesome, not this <laughs> is what we want to see in our church. This is this is the culture of what we want. She comes to church, she's nervous, she walks through the door she feels welcome she feels loved the end of the service she's already got six best friends she goes to connect group 24 hours later and it's just like her whole life is changed and then you and then you come you know a couple of services and then i know pastor Phil said if anyone wants to give their hearts to the lord and i saw you walk out the front and i think there was all of us were crying it's like all the girls going yeah you know, yeah. it's so beautiful. I was saying
0: to the girls that I always look around to see if someone else has put their hand up <laughs> so I don't get attention. And then the one time I was the only one that put my hand up. So,
1: God yeah, wanted spotlight. you. God wanted you to be brave, didn't but, he? And to come out of that people-pleasing thing and say, just please God. Yeah. Don't absolutely. worry about what people think. Yeah. Just please God. Because God wants to release you from that. He wants to release you from that whole people-pleasing mm-hmm. thing. He wants you to bring you in into a place of total freedom and the anointing will do that the anointing will will change you from glory to glory to glory and you gave your heart to the lord what did it feel like what did it feel different like indescribable it's amazing because
0: i mean i considered my myself a christian when i was 14 but this is different it's um it's completely transforming and uh like pastor phil said i I don't want to watch tv i want to spend my whole week just learning about him reading about his word and yeah just changes you from the
1: inside out That's so beautiful. All the older Christians, be encouraged. Pick up your Bible. Don't lose that first love. The Revelations talks about, I have this against you, but you've lost your first love. Don't lose your first love. Don't lose that glow that she's got in her eyes right now. Don't lose that awe of God that this is is my whole life. It's so beautiful. Um, And you, you had a boyfriend, didn't you, just, you know, before this and... You're in Ecuador, engaged yeah. to a young man. I
0: fell in love with a Latino. Latino. So almost moved overseas. You're very
1: passionate Latinos. <laughs> but he wasn't, he didn't want to know about Christ. And you said to yourself, you know what, I need to go and find Jesus Christ. He doesn't want to know him, so I'm going to leave him, go back to Australia and find, and find Jesus Christ. That's what she did. She left her boyfriend. She was engaged to him. But just went, look, if he doesn't want to go down that road, I'm going to break the engagement because I need to go find Christ. Yep, best and decision I ever made. No regrets. Best decision. Best decision she ever made. I mean, that's that's so huge. I'm just going to read you what she sent to me because it was just so... Well, she actually put this on, as an inbox on the fa- uh, church Facebook page, on the C3 Church Facebook page she inboxed and um, it was sent to us. I asked for permission if I could read it. It says, Since church last night... This is a couple of weeks ago, isn't it, in the night service. Since church last night, all of 12 hours ago, and eight of, eight of those I've slept, exclamation mark, because, you know, people that have anxiety and they don't sleep much, eight of those she had slept, I've become anointed. I came as one of those that didn't understand the anointing, but realize it's not something you fathom, but something you feel. I've had a really stressful week and I've been in my own world but left feeling fresh. I decided to pay for half a friend's ticket to visit Australia, reach out to a friend and invite her to church and praise my Christian friends who are supporting my walk. These are small wins, I know, but it is the grace of God because these thoughts are coming left, right and centre all at once. You know, just all at once she just feels like reaching out and telling people. She says, thank you for everything, God. C3 Chagra, Pastor Phil, Pastor Julie, you guys rock. It's so awesome, isn't it? And you just said thank you to all the girls that have been her friend and helped her. And... Thank you. Now she's been a Christian for six whole weeks, and she already understands the anointing than some that have been Christians for many, many, many years. She says, you don't fathom the anointing. You feel it. You feel it. We said that. Oh,
0: absolutely. And that's...
1: Yeah. I will later. That's beautiful. Yeah, Kay had a hand in this too. What a beautiful story. You know, get to know her, get to know her. It's so beautiful. I love it. And I just love your story. And I'm looking forward to seeing you grow and to seeing you become all that you can be. And with these group of girls around you, you can't help but grow. And with this amazing God and this amazing anointing, we're going to watch you blossom in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's just thank her. <laughs> thank Denise. Thank you. Thanks, Denise. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, I love that what she said. You know, you don't... How, how profound is that? I mean, for a brand new Christian, I came as one of those that didn't understand the anointing. But I realize that it's not something you fathom, but something you feel. Why don't you just close your eyes right now and just feel it. Just feel it right now. I've noticed Dicky changing. Dickie, I see the anointing just coming so much stronger on you. I see, you know, life opening up for you. I see joy like you've never had before. And I see relationships coming into your life. I see relationships, even a woman maybe. I see God sending someone to you, maybe a life partner. I just see God blessing you, Dickie. You in the quietness of your heart, in the simplicity of who you are in God, he sees you. And I just love that. Just let the anointing just rest on you. Just close your eyes, everyone. Just let the anointing calm, let the anointing sit. It's so beautiful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. You know, I see these girls down here, you know, from from youth. I mean, just being Christians, just such a short time, but week after week after week, they come. They're in every service. Girls, thank you so much for just keeping on turning up, keeping on turning up. You're amazing, and I love seeing your faces. You know, we're talking about the anointing. You can look at me now. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, this Scripture says in Isaiah 61, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. And provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planning over the Lord for the display of his splendor. You know, there's so much in those three verses. You could preach on those three verses for a year and still not exhaust it. There's so much in there. There's so much richness in there. You know, this Scripture was, was prophesied by Isaiah, of one that would come, that would have this anointing. And in Luke 4, we see Jesus stand up in the, in the tabernacle and say, today, this Scripture has come to fulfilment, that He was the one that would bring the anointing that would fulfil all these things. And when He was going to heaven and after He died and He was ascending to heaven, He turned around to His disciples and He spoke to them that they had the same anointing. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon you. And we each have that anointing now. We have it. We have it to give away. We have it to transfer. We have it to live in. We have it to soak in. We have it. But it's not just for them. You know, the anointing is not just for them, although it is for them. But first and foremost, the anointing is for us. Because when we are the vessels that are filled with the anointing of God, when we allow the anointing of God to do its work in our hearts, we naturally flow out. There's a little girl six weeks, six, I call you a little girl, but you're a woman, but you're a little girl. And six weeks in the Lord and already What's inside her, the anointing inside her is flowing out. Not because she has decided she's going to go and minister and be, you know, this great minister, just because she's so overwhelmed with what God has done inside of her that her cup just overflows. And you know what? That's what ministry is. A lot of people want to be ministered and want to be anointed and they try really hard and I used to do it myself, you know, I'd say I'm going to lay hands on sick people until someone gets healed and I'd have my hands on their heads and I'd be you know, one day God said to me, it doesn't matter how much you wrinkle your brow, it's not going to make it any stronger (laughs) it doesn't matter how much you shama, 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 it's not going to make, it's me it's me and I flow through a vessel that overflows me I flow through My cup overflows into other people. And the first thing I want to bring out in that scripture there, the first thing it says is, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news. You know, I was at a wedding yesterday and, you know, this in this wedding was mostly um, unsaved, unchurch people, but there were a few church people there who had been hurt by the church. And they'd been hurt by the church because they had heard not good news, but bad news. They'd gone into churches where they had felt that they weren't allowed to make mistakes. That there wasn't space where they could make mistakes and still be loved. There wasn't a space where they could be real about their struggles and still be loved. You know, when a little child is learning to walk and, you know, you see that little child like Miller was here this morning We dedicate her and she's learning to walk. And she takes a few steps and she falls over and everybody laughs and picks her back up. Come on, Miller, you can do it. Just take a few more steps. But... You know, there comes this place when we get so religious within the church that we start bringing bad news. We start saying, what's the matter with you? You took two steps and you fell over? You know, what kind of Christian are you anyway? And, you know, get up and walk and run even. You should be running by now. You know, we need to be the heart of a father. We need to represent the heart of Jesus and we need to bring good news to people. And we need to have a freedom within the church that says, You can make a mistake. We all make mistakes. You can fall over and you can get up. And we're going to lovingly lift you up. You know, even one girl that was at the wedding, you know, she said to me that she was excommunicated from a church because she sinned. She was asked to leave permanently. I'm talking about a Pentecostal church. I was astounded. I said, do you know what I said to her? I want to ask your forgiveness. I want to stand in the gap on behalf of those ministers and I want to ask your forgiveness. I want to wash your feet with my tears and dry them with my hair and tell you that God loves you and you need to run back to wherever you can find Him and let that go and forgive and let it go, you know, because that is not the Father heart of God. We need to preach good news. Good news. God is love. God is gracious. God is long-suffering. God is patient. God is kind. He's good. He's our dad. He gets us. He understands us. He walks with us, and we need to represent him. So to carry the anointing, the first thing we need to know, even to ourselves, we need to preach good news to ourselves. How many of us are trying to please Dad still or trying to please people still like Denise? How many of us serve in church just because we want to, you know, it's a works thing that we're trying to get approval from. Look at me, Pastor, look at me. You know what? God wants to love you and He wants to get the good news into you and the good news is this. He loves you just the way you are. He loves you if you did nothing. He loves you if you just sat there. He loves you. He just loves you. And He loves to see you come into the house of God. Of course, He loves to see you wash the feet of other people, to serve people, to love people. But it's a, out of a heart of you knowing, first of all, that God loves me. God loves me. And the anointing goes in, and we've got to preach the good news to ourselves. God loves me. God loves me. Remember that song? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. He loves me. And the second thing is, the anointing is there within us to bind up the brokenhearted. You know, the words bind up come from Hebrew, and, it, and it's the word chabas. Chabash, which means to tie, to bind, to restrain or to bandage. You know, how many of you have hearts that at times need bandaging? I mean, this is the place where you come into the anointing and your heart may be bleeding. You know, the inner part of you may be bleeding. Your soul may be bleeding. And God wants to come and He wants to bind it up. He wants to bandage it up. He wants to bring healing. You know, I I believe this and I know it to be true in, in my own life that He can reach right down into the innermost part of our being and bring that binding up of the brokenhearted, that binding up of the deepest places of our heart where we've been hurt or damaged, even right back into our childhood, as we lean into Him, see, He wants to heal us. He wants to bind up our broken hearts. He wants to come. He wants to minister to us first. And then where we've been comforted, then we go comfort. When you see someone with a broken heart, then you're able to say, He bound up my broken heart. He still is. He's still binding my broken heart up. You know, to heal in the Hebrew word means rafe, meaning to heal, to sew together or to mend. You know, many of us have had operations. We've had stitches. And, you know, why does a surgeon put stitches in there? He puts the stitches in there to hold it together until we heal. And sometimes we just come to God with our broken heart. We come to God with our, with our wounds, with our open wounds. And we're so scared of showing God our open wounds, you know, because we're so vulnerable. But if we would bring those into the anointing, into that place, and God, God, here is my heart. Here is my heart. Bind up my broken heart. And the Lord comes and He stitches it together. He may not be able to fix it right there and right that minute, but He stitches the wound together to stop you emotionally bleeding. He stitches it together until the time comes where you can heal because the healing comes in time. But the Lord makes everything beautiful in its time. And He stitches it up and He, and he, and he, and he gives it time. It says, he's, He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. And we talked about binding up, healing. But what does it mean to be brokenhearted? I looked up in the dictionary, broken. That's kind of funny, isn't it? Look up the dictionary, broken, yeah. But it's really amazing. It says this. It says to be reduced to fragments, to be fragmented, to be ruptured, to be torn, to be fractured, to be not functioning properly, out of working order. (laughs) Is this how you feel? I mean, I feel like that sometimes. I feel like my heart, when I first came to the Lord, I can honestly say to you, my heart was in a zillion pieces. I didn't even know how God would ever put me together. I didn't know how He would take the broken pieces of my heart and put them back together and even make me feel as if I was one person again because I was so fragmented and so damaged. But I offered my heart to the Lord. I offer my heart to the Lord, and I said, here's my heart. And I used to sing a song. You can have my heart if you don't mind broken things. If you don't mind broken things, Lord, you can have my heart. Because it's broken and it's damaged, but I give it to you as it is. Lord, I don't come to you feeling like I've got to have it all together. I just come and present my broken heart to you. And he says, I make all things new. He doesn't just put a broken heart together like that picture, and we just like, we have a heart that looks like that now, like it's been glued together with all the spaces. When God puts our heart together, He makes it brand new, just as if it never happened. He even washes away the memories, He even cleanses away memories and, and makes it brand new, brand new, you know. Anybody feel like they've been given a brand new heart? Anybody feel like they've got stitches? Anybody feel like they've got a bit of fragmentation going on, but God's just gluing it together, God's putting it together? And there'll come a day where you'll just go, you make all things new. You make all things new. I remember when I was going through like the major parts of my healing, when Lord was walking me through, you know, He would always show me roses and he would either someone would send me a rose that would encourage me to stay on my journey, and they didn't even know that. They didn't even know that. But I'd be going through like this time where I'm going, God, you know, how deep can you go? You know, how much do you want me to give you of my heart? It's so painful. And then I would just get a rose, or someone would give me one, or I'd get, you know, a neighbor's rose would go grow over the fence, and he goes, "There's your rose. You can do it. Come on. I'm going to give you roses." And then one day when I went through the biggest part of my healing, it was like the final part of where God was putting my broken heart back together. I, had, I was laying on my bed and I was crying with joy. And I had a vision of Jesus walking towards me with a rose. And I'm going, yeah, he's going to give me a rose because, you know, he's putting me back together. And this is another sign that another part of my fragmented heart has been put back together. And he he just said, just wait there. And in the vision, he made me lay down on this beautiful grass. And he laid the rose over my heart like that. And I went, oh, it's so beautiful. And the next minute, the rose started getting bigger and bigger until the rose was as big as me. And then the rose went into me. And he said, the woman has become the rose. And I knew at that moment that although there would be many journeys, I would still go on with him, that my fragmented heart had been put together and that, that God had made me into everything that I longed to be. It was such a beautiful thing. He's a great physician, our God. And many times I say to people, you know, you've got to understand, like, this anointing, like Denise said, it's something that you feel. And many times we come into church and we go out of church And we never get that chance to just stop. But in these services, what we're trying to do is just give you that time to stop. To give you that time to just in the anointing in a few minutes, we're just going to have the music playing. We're going to open up the altar and we're just going to say, you know what, just come. Just you can sit in your seat. You can sit on the floor, you can lay on the floor. And just be in the because you just never know what God will do. He could change your life forever. In that moment of that anointing, like He has done with mine and countless other people's, I constantly go back to that place to find Him and for Him to put the next layer of what He wants to do in my life. Number three that I want to bring out is the crown of beauty instead of ashes. You know, beauty is an incredible thing. And it's, it's God wants us to be ordained with beauty but beauty isn't just the way that we see beauty. Beauty is something that God sees in all of His creation. And He gave me a revelation of this because when I was, you know, growing up, I was in the entertainment industry and and, and, you know, I was in show business, and I was always having to look perfect, and everything had to be perfect, and every hair had to be in place, and my figure had to be right, and this had to be right, and all these things had to be right, and I had to be the perfection of beauty, or I wouldn't get the next job. And many times, I would go to auditions, and they would say, oh, what a shame, you know, you're, too fat here or you're too skinny there or your eyes aren't the right color or your nose is too fat or you know every day I would just be suffering this rejection constantly hearing that I wasn't beautiful enough that I wasn't good enough that I couldn't present myself and so all that I had was this bit of beauty that I could present to the world that I thought was the the bits of me that were not too bad and I just presented those and it was so amazing when I came into the church and I started to follow God, I just started to just wear like daggy clothes and no makeup. And because I was just thinking, you know, I just got to lose all that if I come to God. I can't present myself as beautiful because that's evil. That's bad. That's, that's not good. And one day I was in the presence of God again and he came to me and he said, Julie, he said, he said, look at a flower. And I said, yes, Lord. He said, you love flowers, don't you? I said, I love flowers. He said, do you love the fragrance of the flower? Do you love the colors in the flower? I said, I do, Lord. He said, I made that. And I made that so that you would enjoy it. I made that so others would enjoy it. I made it so you could buy flowers for someone and take them and they would love those flowers. They would embrace those flowers. I said, yes, Lord. He said, is that flower sinning by being beautiful? I said, no, Lord, it's not. And he said, I made you. And I made you beautiful. And I want you to portray that beauty in the way that I've given it to you. And then he talked to me about ones like Mother Teresa. He said, is she beautiful, Julie? I said, she's so beautiful, Lord. I made her. And I look at like Cameron up there worshiping the Lord tonight. I said, he said to me, is Cameron beautiful? I said, he's so beautiful, Lord. He said, I made him. God wants us to have crowns of beauty instead of ashes. He doesn't want us to walk around young people with ashes on our head. When I'm skinny, then people will love me. When I'm pretty, then people will love me, you know. When I, you know, achieve something, then people will love me and God will love me. God loves you right now and you are worthy to be loved just as you are right now. God wants to restore in the anointing your self-esteem. And He wants you to stand up and be the flower that you are to this world. In whatever shape or form that He made you, you have a beauty and a fragrance to display to this world that they will never, ever see unless you display it. And number four, the oil of gladness instead of mourning. And the oil of gladness is basically the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. No, it says the joy of the Lord is my strength. Not your joy, not the joy that the world can give you, not the joy that a good movie can give you or a good laugh or a good party or a good friend even, but it says the joy of the Lord is my strength. And the anointing can bring joy that can burst forth inside of you when circumstances tell you to be sad. When circumstances tell you to be depressed and yet in the the presence of the Lord, you will feel joy, inexplicable that you shouldn't be feeling. And that's where the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Number five, it talks about a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. You know, I was thinking about a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And you know that a garment is something that you actually you have to put on. You actually have to put on. And so many times we will be in despair or we will be in depression or we will be in these dark places and it's like, I just don't even know how I'm going to get out of here. You know, if we can get into the anointing and begin to put on the garment of praise and actually praise our way out of depression, actually get up and dance and sing And praise the Lord. That's what David did. He used to get out of that place and he would just dance and he would sing before the Lord. And I've proven it in my own life that you can get out of despair and depression by praising your way out of it. But it's something you have to put on. It's a choice. I put on the garment of praise. So in the anointing, in these sessions that we have, even our time is almost gone. You know, we're going to open the altar and you can stay as long as you like and just let the Spirit of the Lord minister to you in these areas in your own life. See, the anointing is for them, but the anointing is for us. The anointing is for us first. The priests of the Lord are anointed and they're anointed on the inside. They're changed from the inside out. And when you're changed on the inside, it can't help but flow out in an overflow to other people. I'll just have the team up. Just close your eyes. need the last thing that Scripture says, that we will be trees of righteousness, a planning of the Lord. And Katrina said something amazing yesterday. We were witnessing to a girl at the wedding. And you know, this girl says, So many things have happened in my life, I don't know if God can grow anything out of this. And Katrina said, The best flowers growing manure. And I thought that was just so profound. I just went, Wow, well, Katrina, where'd that come from? Like it's so true. God can take your lives, like Denise said, you know, the things that have happened in your life, that's the thing that God is going to grow the most beautiful thing from. It's our brokenness that brings forth beauty. It's our despair that brings forth garments of praise. Amen. Let's just close our eyes right now and stand to our feet. We thank you, Lord. We're going to begin to sing this song and just thank you, Lord, that you didn't come right now. And just in the last few minutes of the service, or however long you want to stay, we're going to believe that God is going to touch people. And I really feel there's an anointing tonight for people just to sense that healing touch of God in the deep parts of their emotional lives and in their hearts. Thank you, Lord, that it would come right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. Let the anointing flow.
0: you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3tagra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.